1: All right, well, we're doing something different with this episode. There just was too much information to fit into our traditional three-topic format.
2: Yeah, so instead, we're going to cover 10 standout details from Baltimore's win over the Steelers that you may have missed.
1: I'm Sarah Ellison with Bobby Trossett. It's Tuesday, December 13th, and this is your Morning Ravens Vault.
2: So 36-year-old Calais Campbell and some of his teammates playfully trolled Steelers fans after his game-changing blocked field goal, and it was pretty hysterical on the sidelines. Plus, J.K. Dobbins explained why he got caught on that 44-yard burst.
1: And the Steelers made the mistake of testing rookie Tyler Linderbaum. We found a demoralized Pittsburgh post-game locker room after Linderbaum and the entire Ravens running game absolutely imposed their will upon the Steelers defense.
2: We have all that and more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes.
1: So let's just jump right into our list of 10 things you may have missed in Raven Steelers. Topping the list off at number one was the Ravens players going into enemy territory and taking over Ockershire Stadium, formerly known as Heinz Field, which is what it will always be for me. They did that to make it feel like it was their own home stadium. Now, we all know the Steelers like to play renegade over the stadium speakers during key moments of the game to give a boost to their hometown crowd and to their team on the field, and you'll often see the ugly, gold, terrible towels waving throughout the stadium during that song. It can be intimidating or even demoralizing for visiting opponents, but the Ravens weren't having any of that Sunday. Baltimore defenders, including Calais Campbell, Marlon Humphrey, Justin Matabike, and Jason Pierre-Paul, picked up their own white Ravens towels when the music was blasting and started waving them around. Some of them got up on the bench and were dancing and waving the towels right back at Steelers fans. That right there is just channeling their inner Terrell Suggs, who love to troll Steelers fans in their own stadium. I got to say embracing the song and the mood is a great move and it almost seemed to pump up the Ravens more than the Steelers themselves,
2: which is a perfect segue to number two and that's undrafted rookie quarterback, Anthony Brown taking his first ever NFL snap in the midst of the scene that you just described Sarah at the one yard line with the game on the line in a dangerous situation in a dangerous rivalry battle. We all know how physical Raven Steelers can be. But the way he went about his business and those crunch time moments was as if he was completely unfazed by this hostile environment that we're describing. Now, you would have thought that Greg Roman would have dialed up an easy handoff to a running back for Brown's first ever snap in the NFL, especially in such a risky scenario. But Giro just couldn't afford to call a predictable play in that moment. And John Harbaugh provided some context.
3: They were playing their song. The crowd was going berserk. The towels were flying, right? And uh, it was just one of those moments that I, I actually had. I, I actually was talking to God for a minute there. and I just said, well, you couldn't create anything more perfect than this, you know? And we, we thought we had the ball at the 20 and all of a sudden we got the ball at the one by some obscure rule that someone needs to check out and make sure it's real, you know? And all of a the ball's at the one-yard line. But, you know, it was a really good play call by Greg because they were they were packed in there. We could have run it. We could have snuck it, but it wasn't going to go very far. You know, and then we'd have been second and and nine or ten from the one or two, you know. And uh, to have the courage to do that, and they played good coverage on it. We only gained five yards, I think. But to get us off the goal line, pretty gutsy. And he had a guy in his face, too. We didn't block it right. You know, it needed to be blocked better. And, and he had a rusher in his face. Was it Cam Hayward, maybe? I think it might have been. So uh, all the credit in the world of both those guys, him and D. Robinson.
2: So as Harbs alluded to there, Brown made the completion for three yards to Demarcus Robinson to give the offense just a wee bit of breathing room. And for those who don't know much about Brown's personality, his peers, teammates, coaches, describe him as a serious but calm and collected guy. Now, those characteristics, Sarah, were on full display in this high-pressure, high-stakes situation. And he talked about it post-game.
0: Honestly, uh, it's an opportunity for a 99-yard drive. Um, and try to get it out, uh, get the first down, and just keep working on it. So it'll be all right.
1: Number three, after they both made game-saving interceptions, Roquan Smith declared after the game that he and Patrick Queen are the NFL's best Inside linebacker duo. Here's Roquan with Ravens Productions. Cassie Calvert. I
2: don't
0: think that's a. Uh, I don't think that's a question. I think we are by far. You know, especially when we're jelling together and we're just getting started. So hey. Give us a little bit more. We are already there, but give us a little bit more and we're
2: putting the whole league on notice.
1: Put the whole league on notice? Yeah. Yes, please, Roquan. We will take that. And look, these two have a solid argument for being dubbed the best duo. They've had instant chemistry since Eric Dacosta traded for Roquan just before the trade deadline in October. And in just five games together, they have combined for 75 tackles, seven tackles for loss, two and a half sacks five passes defensed, and two interceptions. And guess what else? Ever since Roquan joined the Ravens in Week 9, it's been a huge difference. The defense has allowed the NFL's fewest rush yards per game with 55, the second fewest points per game at 13.4, and the second fewest touchdowns with six. And on Sunday specifically, the duo had the middle of the field on lockdown. Roquan used his veteran savvy to bait Mitch Trubisky into an interception, and Queen used his athletic ability to get a leaping pick as he fell backwards. It was easily one of Queen's best plays of his entire NFL career. And after enduring plenty of criticism and ribbing for dropping a couple of would-be picks earlier this season, Queen says the hands jokes are officially over. Here's Rogue Quan and Queen's post-game locker room speeches, courtesy Ravens Productions. Hey, I'm
2: just hey, officially a Raven now, baby. We got the dog. Hey, come say, it. keep going. Appreciate y'all. And Mr. Hands himself, Patrick Queen!
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No more hand jokes.
2: Straight up. All right, time to dial up number four. And you know we have to mention Calais Campbell's ninth career blocked field goal and second as a Baltimore Raven. That first came in October of 2021 in the Colts game that helped send that game to overtime and ultimately Baltimore prevailed. But the pre-snap communication this past Sunday was just as important as as the big fellas' execution in that moment.
0: Yeah, speaking of coaching, uh, <laughs> uh, coach called pretty much audible. You know, uh, Chris Horton uh, came to me on the sideline and it was like, hey, I'm going to switch it up. You know, I know we didn't practice it, but I want you to get in the A-gap and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, try to swim uh, swim on the a, on a, on a snapper. And, uh, you know, uh, we did it last year against them, but, I mean, I haven't worked on that since last year. But, you know, uh, it was a good call. You know, uh, he kicked the ball. You know, I had a good chance to get up there and get it. Got my left hand on it. And, uh, you know, it was a good feel, good feeling.
2: And obviously, Sarah, it goes without saying that in a game that was decided by two points, that audible and subsequent block made all the difference in the world.
1: And number five happened away from the field and didn't involve any players at all. Instead, it featured a male Ravens fan dressed head to toe in purple and black and getting down on one knee to propose to a female Steelers fan in the disgusting gold and black The NFL on ESPN crew caught the moment.
0: This must mean world peace is on the way. We have a Ravens fan... Proposing to a Steelers fan. Oh. And she said yes. Really? Is- <laughs> I want I to do I wanna, that. I wanna, I wanna change my pick to a tie. <laughs> you yes. can't do we, that. We a lot hey, of Rex, those you don't even like there. that look, do you, Rex? Oh, you can't <laughs> do that. Okay.
1: Rex is angry. I will just say congratulations. Congratulations. congratulations.
0: They have kids, definitely Bengals fans. Yeah, yeah. Sure. yeah for sure. Sure. <laughs> sure. I'm sure it'll be
1: a happy home. Congratulations to them. And Bobby, I'll say this. Sometimes you just can't help who you fall in love with. And I'll tell you right now that my husband was born just outside of Pittsburgh and his mom still has pictures that I can't stand. And she shows me all the time of him as a toddler in Steelers gear. But I've been hard at work since we met almost 20 years ago. And I can happily report that he is fully converted to the purple and black. So it's time for this guy to get to work as he's engaged with his new fiance.
2: You know, you got me thinking because you and your husband are a power couple in my eyes. So should I be switching my dating apps locations to Pittsburgh, perhaps?
1: Hey, it could be a good move.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Okay, before we get down a rabbit hole with that conversation, number six, and that brings us to one layer of Pittsburgh's defensive game plan in which they were essentially intentionally testing rookie center Tyler Linderbaum. Let's just say the rookie passed his test with flying colors. PFF gave Linderbaum the highest grade of any Raven in this week 14 matchup with a 91.3 cumulative score. People keep making the mistake, Sarah, of doubting this kid due to his smaller body frame. We heard about that throughout the draft process, but he continues to prove them wrong week after week. This time, it's the Steelers and Cam Hayward who made the mistake of underestimating the country boy.
3: They put Cam over him quite a few times, which is not their norm all the time, you know. And I think they felt like they were going to test Tyler, and Tyler came through. Sure, Cam had his plays too, you know, and there was a lot of back and forth in the run game and the pass game, uh, you know, Cam Hayward's one of the best players in football. So I, I thought Tyler did a, did a heck of a job, quitted himself, excellent, excellent. Had some really phenomenal blocks, uh, just continues to improve all the time, so really happy we have him.
1: And number six is a detail that I initially missed until Harbaugh pointed it out in his Monday presser. And we know that after Kenyon Drake's fumble at Baltimore's own 15-yard line, was ultimately given back to the Ravens due to what the refs ruled was mutual possession, and the tie went to the offense. But if you ask Harbaugh, if the refs needed to go to the tape, they would have found that guard Ben Cleveland clearly had recovered the ball. Here's Harbs.
3: Well, tie goes to the runner, so I figured that. But I will say, watching the tape, Ben had that ball. You know, Ben Cleveland, and kudos to Ben Cleveland, because that he played a good game, and that was probably that was a game-winning play right there. He got on that ball right away. He had the ball. One of their guys worked their way into the pile. Uh, ben had that. And if, I think if it had gone to any kind of replay, it would have been ball.
1: Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering what happened to Kevin Zeitler, which led to Ben Cleveland and Tristan Colon rotating at right guard in the first place, well, Harbaugh said Zeitler's deactivation was a game-time decision due to a flare-up in his knee that caused major soreness. But he added, that it's not a major injury, and so he could be back soon.
2: Well, that makes me feel better about that nugget that I wasn't necessarily supposed to share from Cole Jackson and his Twitter exchange with Sarah Zeitler, Kevin's wife. Anyway, hopefully he'll be ready to go for the Browns game on Saturday. But number seven, it's the real reason why J.K. Dobbins didn't score after he burst through the offensive line for a 44-yard explosion. Now, obviously, a Pittsburgh defender caught up to him, but it wasn't because he's still hurt. He's not hurt. He's just out of shape. And that's according to Dobbins himself, which makes sense because if he were hurt, Sarah, I'm not sure he could have notched 120 total yards and a touchdown. Here's JK. Shoot, when I got out of surgery, uh, when I was walking, it felt way better. Like, as soon as I got out of surgery, when I woke up, I, feel, I felt
3: so much pressure released, you know, and um, I knew it was going to be good. I knew it was going to be good. It's still getting better. And um, I'm just, I can only thank God. He was the reason why I even thought about doing it. Because I wasn't, some people didn't want me to do it, you know. So, but I had to listen to God and he told me to do it. Woke me up out of my sleep. Told me to get scope. Really, really though, really though. And so I did it. And then now you see, first game back, did good with my offensive line.
2: And by the way, Sarah. Dobbins hit over 20 miles an hour on that 44-yarder, which was the Ravens' ninth fastest top speed for any ball carrier this season. We're entering week 15, and knowing he's only going to get faster as he gets into shape from here on out, is beyond encouraging for Baltimore's ground game.
1: And number nine, we need to dig deeper into the details of Gus Edwards' game-sealing six-yard run that converted a third down into a first with just over two minutes remaining in the fourth quarter. Now, remember, the Steelers had just opted to kick the ball off after scoring a touchdown rather than going for the onside's kick to try to recover. They were betting on their defense, and they were betting against the Ravens' offense. So the Steelers, they burned all their timeouts and had the two-minute warning. And they were hoping to force a Ravens punt. But that punt never came because Gus Bus and the offensive line converted. Now let's go a little bit deeper into the blocking on this play because it was absolutely sensational, Bobby. Number one. First of all, fullback Patrick Ricard absolutely put Steelers linebacker Devin Bush on his back, taking him out of the play completely. And then Cologne pancaked nose tackle Montrevious Adams. Then Ben Powers, he pulled from the left side to the right, picking up Steelers linebacker Robert Spillane, creating a wide open hole behind him for Gus to run through. And on the other side of that hole was Morgan Moses sealing off defensive tackle Larry Joby. It was perfectly executed blocking from everyone involved, and they knew it too. They flexed on the Steelers afterwards and slapped each other's helmets in celebration. Imposing your will on opponents is exactly what Ravens football is all about, and the line did just that all day long.
2: And that brings us to number 10. And as you might imagine, Steelers players were totally demoralized after the game in their locker room because, Sarah, They knew, along with everybody in the stadium and everybody who was watching this game, what the Ravens' game plan was going to be, and they just simply couldn't do anything to stop it. Here's a quote from Steelers outside linebacker Alex Highsmith after the game. Quote, knowing they were on their third-string quarterback, we knew they were probably going to run the ball a lot. Knowing that, we should have been able to execute, and we weren't able to. Close quote. And the aforementioned five-time Pro Bowler Cam Hayward he weighed in on the loss as well.
0: Yeah, and that's the uh, the head scratcher because, you know, um, you know everything's downhill. You should be knowing where it's going by that point. And uh, to not get off the field uh, and just give our offense one more chance,
2: that, that stings the most. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with Ravens Hall of Famer Ray Lewis who's set to serve as AFC defensive coordinator for the 2023 Pro Bowl games, which for the first time ever, is a week-long series of AFC versus NFC competitions. Elsewhere, Baltimore has a 99.6% chance of making the playoffs, and 67% chance of taking home the AFC North title. That's according to ESPN's Football Power Index. Now, if the Ravens beat Cleveland on Saturday, they'd need just one win over their final three games to lock up a playoff berth without any help. And finally, John Harbaugh said that backup QB Tyler Huntley is in concussion protocol, and he won't know if he can play until later this week. He's considering having three QBs active for Saturday's matchup against the Browns, but obviously we'll know more about that in the coming days.
1: Yeah, thank you for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault, a podcast unaffiliated with the team. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. So if you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Ravens Vault Podcast.
2: And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd ever be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email via at baltimorravensvault.gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but be sure to check out our Ravens Steelers Instant Reaction episode if you haven't already.